This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! I've gotten these questions, and I just want to make 100% because I've told people this as we welcome Chuck in. Chuck, next Friday for the initial exhibition game, that is not on radio, but the one on the bye week against Purdue is, correct? That is correct. That is the way it's going to go. No radio for UT Tyler, but we'll be there for Purdue. Yeah, that's, Man, a, it's, that's a big game, too. I mean, I, I say big, it doesn't count. I understand it's exhibition, but it's, it's two top ten teams this year. Well, and both teams are going to be, as you say, ranked highly, and that's what makes it an attractive game. And we're excited about basketball. I mean, we're going through a period right now where basketball is good, and we've been through them before, and it's nice to be going through it now. And so when you have situations like that, you you know, and you have big games that may not even count on the record but sure do matter to people, mm-hmm. then um, there's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be, I don't know if it'll be full, but I'll bet it's a really big crowd. I bet you're right. It is going to be a big crowd. Big crowd this weekend in Tuscaloosa with homecoming being a crowd. I know it's not 11 a.m., but I was talking to some Alabama people this week, and they're saying homecoming's kind of kind of offset the fact that it is 11 a.m. And we know Brian. It won't be full. I don't think it'll be full. No, it. I mean, it's not a sellout. It's not going to be like when LSU walks in there at night or Ole Miss or it's a 2:30 game. But they'll have a again a solid crowd this weekend. And one of the things we were speaking to Chuck before you came on was talking about Jalen Milrow a little bit and just kind of what he's been. I know Arkansas is a little banged up right now. Coach got asked about some injuries yesterday. Here's what he said about Dwight McLaughlin or Glothern and some of the other guys that might be ready or, re- or not ready for Saturday. I feel pretty good about Nudy. It's still way too early to make a decision on the other fellas. I don't know where we'll be with those guys. Obviously, you have to practice to play well. So we'll certainly take that into account as well as their health. I'm going to use, lo- I'm going to use logical reasoning that since Campbell was with you last night, he's going to be ready to play. I know he re- he was one of the guys they were worried about. Him just talking positively about Dwight McLaughlin, assuming he's going to be a go. Don't know about Chris Poo Paul and Jalen Braxton, who again, Braxton started last couple games. Paul, of course, is a starter. We'll see what kind of those, some guys behind them they can do on Saturday if they have to go. Yeah, it sounds like this week that's a big issue with Arkansas is making sure that they've got guys healthy. You know, that's um, that's that's one of the things, obviously, that they're trying to do. It's, you know, Thursday now, and so uh, the guys who practiced this week are probably the guys who are going to play would, uh, would be my guess. What were you saying about Milrow, though, at the start? He was – so Pittman was talking about um, him – last segment, or we played it last segment, the fact that he he was kind of surprised at his passing ability this last game. We saw last season he beat Arkansas with his legs, but I mean, he was, I wouldn't say the sole reason, but he was, a key. his passing game was one of the key reasons they were able to beat the Aggies last week. They only had like 20-something rushing yards in that football game, which is not, not typical of Alabama. They threw the ball deep, and he throws a pretty nice deep ball. And that's one of the things that they've done, and it's one of the things that I'm sure they'll try to do Saturday. Uh, Coach Pittman talked about it last night, felt like the secondary played maybe their best game against Ole Miss, and they'll be challenged again. Um, You know, you've got to put a little bit of pressure on this guy. 
Uh, if you can do that, you know, maybe some maybe some good things will happen. I'll say this about Milrow, and just, just kind of watching this week, watching him play, and, and from the early games to, to where we are now, um, you know, I've always thought he'd be their starter. I thought this back in the spring. I think he gives them the best chance to win. Uh, he is a leader. He is very much a leader on that football team, and the guys follow him. Um, I got a lot of admiration for, frankly, the way he's he's progressed over the course of this season. Doesn't mean you can't turn him over, though. Yeah. And I think Arkansas has got to find a way during the course, and it's a big if, but Arkansas has got to find a way to make Alabama beat him with a passing game. Now, you know, A&M did a good job of shutting down the run. Uh, he still threw the ball well. And that's what good quarterbacks do. You take one thing away, and they – take advantage of what you're giving him as a result of that. And he was able to do that in, in, in that game. This is not a prolific offense in terms of some of the great ones Alabama's had, mm-hmm. but it's good enough. And right now, when you look at the way they're playing, he's not getting the beat. They're not making mistakes on offense. Um, and that's a big deal. They got too many penalties, but um, I think he's done a good job. And we were talking about those mistakes. Arkansas had penalty woes as well. But, you know, oftentimes it's the timeliness of it. You know, we talk about sacks or penalties or things that happen that set you back. It's oftentimes when they occur. If it's on third down, it's a lot bigger deal than, you know, first and 15 a lot of times if you have a a false start then. So, I mean, sometimes it's just about when you commit the turnover, when you commit the penalty, and how much is going to, you know, kill your drive. No doubt there's, there's, there's a timeliness factor in all of it. Uh, absolutely, and you know those are those are things that you know when they add up. When they add up on the good side, you win, and when they mm-hmm. add up on the bad side, you don't. And, and the point being, sometimes you can have fourteen penalties like Alabama and still win, but oftentimes you go back and look at when they occurred and the impact it had on the drive, and that's the difference. Well, I think the difference too is sometimes you're overcoming penalties with five stars. Well, <laughs> I mean we 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 we've talked about this before. I mean we've seen teams in the pros over the years. We've seen teams in college over the years that were penalized left and right. Some of those great Oklahoma teams, some of those great Miami teams. I mean, if those refs were getting paid by the flag, they had a good day. But those teams had so much talent that they could overcome all that. And Alabama's got a lot of talent too, and they've been over. They've been able to overcome some of those things. And Arkansas has not been in that spot. It does seem like, and you're right, Tommy. It does seem like every penalty that happens happens at the most inopportune moment. Um, and I'm not sure. I've not gone through flag by flag with Alabama. Now they've had some that have happened at inopportune moments too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've still found they've found ways to win yeah. because they've got better players most of the time than the other team. And I go last back, year. Go ahead. Don. I, say, I go back like that BYU game. We had all those holding calls and stuff. Some of those were intentional. Some of those you were just grabbing guys to keep your quarterback from getting killed. Sometimes, sometimes you commit a, a, a foul and you, uh, you you get a flag on something you you intend to do. Well, they're going to have to obviously. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to have to play a penalty free game. Because that doesn't always, as we saw against Texas mm-hmm. A&M, mm-hmm. sometimes it means that, you know, you're getting whipped so bad that you don't even have a chance to be overly aggressive. And I think that's sort of what happened in that A&M game. I mean, they broke their will. 
and you know you uh, um, sometimes you do lose your aggressiveness when that happens. Um, I don't happen. I've never been one who believes that a penalty-free game, zero penalties, is some great accomplishment um, because I question your aggressiveness. Uh, when you have zero penalties in a game. I'm not saying you need to have 10 or 15. I'm not saying that. But yeah. I'm saying that penalties are part of the game, but they can't come in Arkansas's case before the snap. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, the, the pre-snap and the self-inflicted ones that are not acts of trying to make an aggressive play, those are the ones you want to live without. Offsides, well, false starts, illegal formations, the ones that you got total control over, those are the ones you want to play without. Well, and, and you look at some of Alabama's games this year. They've, they've, they've dealt with a lot of false starts and things of that nature. And that's why I say that sometimes team with better players can overcome things like that. Um, you can overcome five yards. And um, sometimes teams can't. And that's yeah. why I say, I mean, if, if you're a team that can overcome that, you can get away with it. If you're not, it's probably going to cost you. You guys are referencing, again, the, the Texas A&M game. Tommy, any guess where they're at right now in Saks this season? Arkansas? they got to be A&M. Like, oh, A&M. Oh, they've got to be somewhere in the top ten in the country, I would think. Number one. Number they're one number country, one in yeah. Saks this season. And they have that defensive front is every bit as advertised. They're really good. Alabama, mm-hmm. top five. And Coach was asked yesterday the similarities from kind of Texas A&M and this Alabama squad. Here's what he said about answers for those guys up front we need some help Uh, that's nothing negative against our guys up front it's just a lot of guys need help against those caliber of rushers we can't let them just change the football game simply because those guys are on the field we have to have answers for them which we feel like we do well you're going to have to uh as he said you know the idea that it's just going to be those five guys on the offensive line protecting the quarterback or you know, keeping them out or establishing the run or whatever you want to say, anything good, the idea that it's just going to be those five guys, it's got to be a lot more than that. I mean, your yeah. tight ends got to be involved. Your running backs have to be involved. It's it's all hands on deck. Yeah, and he spoke yesterday about their, their 12 personnel package, two tight ends, and they've got variations of that. I mean, you're getting ready for the game. You, you've noticed they play a lot of double tight end sets. Well, and most of the time in that situation, one's a catcher and one's a blocker. And uh, so, you know, the one that's the blocker better be a good blocker. And if it's not working, sometimes you use both of them, I guess. You know, at least you chip before you run your route. So um, there's going to have to be a lot of that. Yeah. And, you, and, you and, and look, they know that. I mean, and that's what they're game planning for this week. Well, and, and you know. When you're going double tights, I mean, yeah, those are eligible men, but you take, you're taking a wide receiver or two out, depending on if you have a running back in. So, um, <laughs> you know, you've got to let those plays develop, but the, but the two or three guys that are out, out looking for a pass, they got to make it work. And, um, you know, so it, it changes the pressure on your defense as well when they go to that package. Happens really fast. Yep. I mean, it happens really, really fast. And, um, yeah, it can um, – and Alabama's got game wreckers on that side of the ball and guys that can just change the game individually they always do great teams always have a game record and um they've they've you know they've got turner certainly is and he's not the only one yeah alabama or excuse me arkansas's offensive line has got the majority of blame when it comes to the sacks this season but i mean there's been times where communication it didn't look like again i don't 
I don't know every ins and outs of the plays, but maybe the protection was called out wrong. Running backs have missed blocks. I've seen that from several guys. And tight ends have, haven't blocked up as well. So, again, it's easy for the fan base to just say, oh, the offensive line's terrible. They're not doing their jobs. But like you're saying, Chuck, it's not just on them. It's a cohesive unit when it comes to blocking. Some of that comes down to KJ, too. Like, if you, you've got to be aware of which guy is coming, especially for wide receivers or pointing at him, like, hey, this guy's coming on blitz. you got to let your offensive line know where to block. If he doesn't do that, then more often than not, he's going to end up on his backside. Well, you know, we I, I don't I don't I don't want us to sound try to sound like coaches on this because um, it is much more <clears throat> it's much more complicated I'm sure than what we make it out to be, and I will plead guilty on that. But I do know that you know it's going to take more than five. It's going to take more yeah. than five, and and they do have a plan, and uh, I guess we'll find out if it works. Yeah. Well, the defense has to have a great day for Arkansas. I mean, there's well, just no other, that's, there's that's, just no that's other way the around point. it. There's just that's no the other point. way around it. Defense has got to keep them in the ball game and get this thing to the fourth quarter. You got to find a way to get a turnover or two. Uh, that's got to happen. There is a recipe for an upset, and it always includes turnovers, and it includes a special teams player too. You know, when we've seen over the last couple of years, I mean, they've they've whipped out some plays like that against Alabama. And sometimes if you're going to pull off an upset, in fact, most of the time, if you're going to pull off an upset, you got to have a play like that in there. There's not going to be much margin for error. Everything's got to go right. Well, you, and then Alabama's got to have a day where maybe it doesn't click for them the way it has in others, just, um, specifically defensively. Just look at the last two years, again, against the Crimson Tide, two years ago, the Blake Tur- Kern fake field goal touchdown pass, and then last year the Cam Little onside kick, which he executed perfectly. And Sam isn't afraid to go for the the win in this game, which I think Arkansas fans are appreciative of. I thought at times last week they were cautious against Ole Miss and they were safe, that long field goal. And Cam addressed it after, so I guess it knocked that one out. But I thought that third night draw call was just a safe not going for the win call. He's, He's not that way against Alabama. He goes for it. They haven't won it. But you got to give him credit for at least trying to go for win and not backing down from a challenge at this point. You know, again, we are talking about Cam Little there. One of the things that Coach Pittman said yesterday, I think we could tie into our outing yesterday. Here was Coach on, on Cam Little. He's like, ah, he's a small guy, but he can still stripe it when necessary. We was talking about it on the walk today about how a guy of his stature can kick the ball so far. You know, I guess smaller guys on tee box can hit it a country mile too, you know. Chuck, I wouldn't say that. So I was, is that uh, your segue into talking about your golf game yesterday? Yes, is that yes. Is, is is that your subtle way of walking subtle, into the issue here? A subtle way. Coach brought up golf, so I was like, hmm, I can I can tie this into uh, our out. Have you yesterday. talked about it? I missed the first half. Hour. No, Have I'm going to be honest, Chuck. We're, we're 45 minutes in the show, and that's uh, about 40. All right, well, minutes. go ahead. Go ahead. You obviously wanted to get into it, so go ahead. Chuck, you are talking to two members of the 2023 Hot Springs Village Razorback Club Corporate Flight Champions this morning. You won it, huh? Yes, and uh, contributed about 1% to the uh, the win yesterday. (laughs) We used two of my putts, banged in a birdie putt at the end, because there's anything that can be associated with Ty Richardson is that he is a closer and closed it out yesterday. (laughs) 
and uh, used another birdie putt and then used one of my drives, which uh, coincidentally Tommy was on the phone talking business because he's a workaholic and he can't have 18 holes of fun. <laughs> but those are the uh, the three shots we I used to mine yesterday. Like yeah, I know it. Uh, don't yeah. you? Who, who wants to play with somebody like that? Not no, me. Man. I don't. I can't stand can't myself. Stand <laughs> I, close, I say that. I closed the deal on the course yesterday, so I guess I, I have to keep So who were the ringers? Who were the guys that did the heavy lifting? Cody that would Pugh be and Jordan J. Jordan, okay, yeah. all right. Those two. Let's thing. get right. Let's get right down to the guys yeah. who actually won the tournament. And, yes, and Brad with Mosquito Joe also Tommy, yeah. was a stud. He could he could hit drives. I would, we would get so frustrated. Me and Brad would actually hit like a a decent drive. Be like, man, we might actually use ours. And then Cody and Jordan would hit about. So like, you're putting down. yourself. Are you putting yourself in the same category as these guys? Saying like, you know, we would hit a good drive or something like that. Me and Brad would hit a good drive. He would. Oh, okay. I would drive one. And be like, ah, that's that's about two thirty, two forty, and then oh. he would outdrive me oh. ten, twenty yards, and then they would outdrive it about fifty, sixty. These guys yards. were stars. Oh. They were like driving par fours. I mean, it was. Yeah. You know, it was a uh, two forty. It was a sight to behold. I, I I hit one that I absolutely just roped, and I was pretty proud of myself. And then it got outpaced by like sixty yards. And I was just we got to do right. something though with your driver. I mean, it's, Chuck, it's Chuck a baseball this dri- bat, baby. He, he's got this driver, and it makes this sound when he hits it. It sounds like a Civil War cannon going off or something. I, I don't know where you found this, what garage sale you purchased this at. But, I mean, it is the oddest-sounding driver I've ever heard. Ty, let me ask you. Did you buy your clubs at a pro shop or a pawn shop? No, I. Uh, my uncle gave me my clubs a while back, and then, okay. uh, and right. then the driver my brother gave me. I told myself I'm not purchasing golf clubs until I... was going to say, have you actually bought a club? Have you? Yeah. No. Have All not right. bought one. Got a, but when uh, the fever hits you, be prepared to drop about 500 bucks. Oh, no, every, no. Every time you walk into the golf store, oh, okay. every time, okay. every time you well, walk into the golf I mean, store, be prepared the, to drop about five hundred. Chuck, I mean, you should know this as a as a radio man. This is a it's a business expense because I golf with clients on the course. I can just write it off and expense it. I, Tom, I don't let me to tell you something. <laughs> if you're going to base your business on your golf ability, mm. you're going to go hungry. Well, no. Here's the deal. I go with people again, clients and and people with money that would potentially spend with our great radio stations that are a lot better than me. So they feel better about themselves and they feel I got you. feel sorry <laughs> for me, okay. and then in turn strike deals with us. You spend the day telling them how good they are. Yeah, yeah that's it's, it's it's not hard. I mean, sales is easy. It's really you either have it or you don't. Either have it or you don't. That's well, that was the most naive to. statement ever, right you there. Don't. Yeah. Either have it or you it's, don't. It's sales right. is easy. The most naive. Uh, statement ever. <laughs> Ty, I thought I had the world figured out when I was your age, too. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Oh, man. But it was fun that? yesterday. Did you hear that, Chuck? Sales is easy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not hard. You guys are you guys have done it long enough. I've uh, Yeah, well, you're right. So, it's pretty easy. But no, it was fun yesterday. I appreciate them having us out. Um, oh, it was a great, I'm going to tell you, played in a lot of these type of events. That was a, as well-run and well-organized uh, and, and of course, being in Hot Springs Village, you've got an army of volunteers. But uh, I'm telling you, they that is, it was like going literally going to Grandma's house because every time you turn around, they trying to feed you something or give you something to drink. I mean, it I was had four awesome. hot dogs yesterday, Chuck. Oh, was, for breakfast, wow, four. And then, uh, and to Tommy's point, I mean, I found I thought I was going to retire in Northwest Arkansas. I'm not going to retire there. I got nine golf courses and a bunch of lakes in Hot Springs Village. It's a nice area. It's a nice area. I'm putting a down payment on a lot right now and then building a house in how old am I? 28? 40 years? Yeah. (laughs) 40 years? Something to look forward to. I've got the whole planned out, man. 
But it was, uh, that's a cool place. I'd never, I'd heard of it, but I didn't know that it was like Bella Vista on steroids. It was insane. Like the the fact you have nine golf courses and a bunch of lakes within those confines of like 20 minutes. Glossed right over the 40 churches that are in there. Yeah, that, that, and the (laughs) restaurants and everything else. I mean, it's all there. It's all there, man. 430 buffet lines. Yeah. Oh, don't listen. There's nothing wrong with an early. I can't believe Clay's dinner. not already there. I mean, I, re- I mean, it really looks like Clay Henry's kind of place. Oh, he'd fit uh, right in. That's too big city for Clay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he uh, he doesn't want neighbors within yeah. uh, a few miles. But it's a fun time yesterday. Appreciate this having, them having us out there. Oh, it's great. Well, congratulations on your win, boys. Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, again contributed one percent. Had... Tommy contributed maybe five percent, and we. Uh, I think that I goes without saying. I did part saying. three by myself. So I, I think uh, when you said we won the tournament, it went without saying. Yeah. Play a lot of your shots. <laughs> hey, sometimes listen. There's nothing wrong with being a bench warmer on a good team. I mean, I, I'm if, not if arguing. They, I'm glad you. National... Uh... Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm glad you got to watch it all. If if Kate if Kate Arbogast and Lawson Blake, if that team wins a national championship, they ain't gonna be complaining. They're gonna be happy they're on yeah. that basketball team. Yeah. Ain't a soul that would ever, ever miss out on that opportunity. Well. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Oh, we're going to take two quick calls before we get to Tom Murphy. JB's up first. He's in Huntington. JB, good morning, buddy. Yeah, thank you for being on the radio. You said something yesterday I thought was kind of odd. You, you said uh, God wouldn't help the offensive line. What about David? What about who? David. David your rocks. Oh, David. You got some rocks to throw? Yeah. Can you do that oh, out that, there? That, yeah. <laughs> I'm on David. Uh, hey, I, I still believe, I know, because uh, God has done so many things to me, I still say the Lord would, would help them boys. They'd all uh, buy in on it. Because we tried everything else. We tried the 78. We tried the 65 championship team. Try to get them motivated. You put God first, the sky's the limit. I believe well, that's it's done it in my life. Yeah. Well, what? JB, what me well, and Tommy we don't know that yes. they're not doing that. I, yeah. I mean, we're 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 delving into something we don't know anything about there. Yeah, and JB, just to be clear, what Tommy and I said yesterday is God's got a lot more important things to worry about than the offense. Than left tackle right now. <laughs> but then left what are you guys doing? I'm away for a couple no. of days. You're talking about <laughs> God. No. Hang, like, on, should hang I, on. Should I give this guy some money or what? I, I mean, what 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 in the world's going we, on? Here? We had a caller yesterday that wanted to make the point, Jared that, Fort Smith, that if the team would get right with God, they'd start winning again and that was the the essence okay. of his call and um my, my response was the good lord's got a lot on his hands right now and i don't think left you know, tackle's the top priority 
I will say this, and it's always been interesting to me, and it's particularly true in the South. Football is a moral play. If you're good at football, you're a moral, upright person. If you're not good at football, man, you need to get right with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it works in the South. And I, I, I don't, I'm not being critical, but I'm just saying over the years, I'm just going to be honest here now. I've seen some guys that I knew were not godly men, but had really good football records, and they were presumed to be morally upright. And I've seen other guys who couldn't coach a lick. <laughs> But that's exactly who you'd want to be a family member because of the way they live their lives every day. But we tend to equate success in sports with morality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really don't have anything to do with one another. There's no connection whatsoever at this point. I always, again, I think there's plenty of other things you can pray for, especially in today's day and age. But I always get a kick out of people saying, I'm praying to God that we win this week, which. It's going to take some Which prayer. means they have 100 on the money line for, yeah. for the underdog. I mean, if <laughs> I mean, that's what that means. If we're, if we're being honest, it's going to take a divine miracle from above to help us actually win this game in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. No, but it's not. 16 straight years. and If Arkansas straight. wins, it's not going to be because of divine intervention. It's going to be because they won the game. That's what it's going to mean. It doesn't mean that somebody... You know, that, that there was some, you know, intervention. That's not what it means. I I get the expression. I get what you're saying. But um, Arkansas, if they win this game, it's not going to be because of divine intervention. That was true. Uh, Liberty would have won the national title a long time ago. <laughs> Oral Roberts would be better, you know. My dad's, my dad's Baylor. My dad's Baylor, Baylor wouldn't be terrible wouldn't this be year. If all, the, if all of that was I, true. He's listening right now. Yeah. He's going to get offended if you yeah. talk about it. I, I, have, I have ignored Baylor, the conversation, because of their lack of talent this year, and I can't, I can't really talk because Arkansas you know, two and four. Let's talk to Ryan in Fayetteville. Ryan, welcome into the program, buddy. Good morning, guys. I've, uh, <clears throat> I've had a similar experience with Utah, and I want to get y'all's opinion on it. So I was, I was at one of those intersections in northwest Arkansas where there was someone on the corner and I was running into the convenience store and I just popped my head down and I said, Hey buddy, I'm, I'm running in to grab something for myself. Can I get anything for you while I'm in there? And the man said he'd like a Dr. Pepper. Well, I said, okay, I go in and they're, they're fresh out of Dr. Pepper. They don't have any of the, the sister products, the PIB or anything like that. Um, and so my instinctual reaction was I got the guy a uh, Coke um, and after discussing it with some friends, they said that I picked the wrong beverage, that that guy standing on the corner that was panhandling, that he more than likely would have wanted a, a Mountain Dew over a Coke. <laughs> and I didn't understand that. He said, you just got to get into the psychology of that person, and if they're drinking Dr. Pepper, then they're like Mountain Dew in the can is the best thing in the world. What's, what's y'all's take on that? <laughs> <laughs> we are... We've dove it off, as uh, dove it I off. like to say, yeah. from, and from time to time. To I am. Uh, um, are you a Mountain Dew guy, Ty? I Ooh. hate Mountain Dew. That's my brother's drink. I, he used to slug those things like they were water back in the day. I drink Dr. Pepper and Coke are my, my drinks of choice. I have, Every Thursday night, I either have two Dr. Peppers or Mr. Pibbs or two Cokes. And I like Coke Zero. I will say this. I didn't believe you. I didn't believe you about two things. I didn't believe you about chicken thighs being the best type of chicken. <laughs> 
and it is, and I didn't believe that Coke Zero is better mm-hmm. or comparable to Coke, and it is. I had my first time at the College World Series two years ago. So I bet Chuck's I'll, a Mountain Dew guy. Well, I'm older now, so I have Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> actually, I'm a Diet Coke guy, but if uh, I need a little pick-me-up, you know, that's my uh, – a Diet Mountain Dew is kind of like my energy drink. Chuck, do the, I gotta, do the I, Dew? I, yeah. Do the Dew. Right. I, I got to ask you Mountain this. Dew. Yeah. I got to ask you this before we get to Tom. So, obviously, you and Coach last night at um, at the place. What do you drink during that? Because every once in a while you take a sip. I, I, I've been Diet really Coke. curious. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Okay. Yeah. All right. Have you All tried right. Coke Zero? I have. Okay. It's okay. I mean, I got nothing against it. If yeah. there's no Diet Coke, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with it. I am not a snob when it comes to my uh, when it comes to my soft drinks. Tommy's the type of guy. I'm the other way. They tell me, he, well, we don't have Coke Zero. We got Diet Coke. It's not goes, the same thing. I'll I've drink seen, Diet Pepsi, Diet oh, Coke. I don't care. Oh, I don't care. You and Musk. It doesn't oh, matter you, to me. Oh. You, you and Musk. Um, Chuck, Tommy's the type of guy when you go to a restaurant and sit down with them, and he asks, do you all have Coke Zero? And the man, and the nice waitress is like, no, we have Diet Coke, sir. And, it is, and she goes, is that okay? And then Tommy retorts, is Monopoly money okay? That's yeah, the uh, yeah. that's the response. That's, yeah. Oh, that's Tommy, Tommy's that guy. He's that guy at the restaurant. The waitress goes back, and everybody talks about the guy over at table yeah. four. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. At least they're talking. So, that's right. That's at least exactly they're talking. right. Speaking of uh, speaking of talking, let's talk to to Tom Murphy, who's with us here on the phone line. Tommy, appreciate you uh, you making some time for us as you always do here on, on a Tuesday. What is your drink of choice? As we somehow have gotten into that this morning, when it comes to in the course of your work. Good morning, y'all. I was just laughing my way through what y'all are talking about. I, I would drink Coke Zero probably more than any other, but I've got way back on the sodas, man. Um, but yeah, I'll put it put Coke Zero in a drink, and really I'll put um, any other diet drink in there. I'll, I'll drink them all, Diet Pepsi, Diet Dr. Pepper. That's the way matter. I am. That's the way I am. Yeah. Tom, I was I was in the uh, in the press box with you when when Ty Washington went off in Oxford, and you were obviously saying some really positive things as everyone else was. Uh, I know that Arkansas is up against a tough, daunting task against this defense, and, and obviously they got film on him last week. How do you still keep him involved in the game plan on Saturday morning? Well, I mean, you do the same things you did the other day, and by the way. Uh, Ty Washington and Cam Ball were cutting up on radio last night with Chuck. And, I, you know, I think it just shows that the kids, I mean, this is a, it's been a tough streak for Arkansas. But those kids, man, they, they do the things they do. They go to school. They hang out together and all that. And um, it was just it was fun to hear those two guys cutting up last night. I did um, our Hog Future on Ty last summer and just really enjoyed talking to him. And I said, look, I've seen your name listed as Tyrus, and I've seen it as Ty. I said, but what we like to do is we just like to go with one and don't mix it up because the the Cheyenne and CJL Grady years were really tough on the ADG for how we referenced him. And he said he wanted to go by Ty. So we're we're rolling with Ty from now on. And um, he's got to be kind of that that pressure valve on some plays, you know, where you you show you're going to block and then you turn around and, KJ can get you the ball if he needs to because um, Alabama's bringing the pressure this year. They got a lot more sacks going on than they did last year. 
Tom Murphy with us, Arkansas Democrat Gazette here on the Morning Rush uh, on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, yesterday Coach talked a lot about double tight end sets that Alabama is going to run. Go through some of the challenges this defense will face when uh, when when facing that extra lineman up there, maybe to block one pa- to catch a pass. It'll be a little bit different look this year from from uh, Alabama's offense. Yeah, it will be, and that means you know you got Hudson Clark at the nickel trying to tackle these guys, and that that's a tough deal. Um, he's going to be outweighed by a lot. Uh, they'll have, have to have another linebacker on the field more often. And it, it doesn't seem like Chris Paul is going to be available for the game. So then you probably have Antonio Greer starting with Jaheim Thomas. And then you got Crook and, and Spence, who they've gone, gone to lately, um, as their backups. And you, you're going to have a, you're going to have to have a third guy on there a lot more at, at linebacker. So, um, it is going to be a different little, situation and of course they're still going to have to cover the speed guys burton and bond um really going to be a challenge for their corners and nickels to run with those yeah. guys hey one of the but one of the good things is they faced a lot of good receivers anaya smith uh, malik neighbors this isn't the first time they faced fast elite receivers this year they've got plenty of experience there yeah they do it didn't turn out so well in the lsu game trying to run those guys down of course a uh, and M receivers Stewart was really good. You know they went into their offensive wall against Arkansas when Stewart got dinged up and was off the field for a while. Kind of shows you, you know, the difference between him and the other guys. Number nine, I think he dropped every pass A and M threw to him that day. But yeah, um, they do have experience going up against speed guys, and, and they're going to get another dose of it here. Tom Murphy with us here on the the McClarty Daniel Hotline, Arkansas Democrats at and Whole Hog Sports. Tom, you mentioned uh, again Cam Ball and those guys and Ty Washington cutting up last night a little bit. I found it interesting his story about how he initially knew he was going to be an Arkansas Razorback. Watching the the movie Greater on Netflix, it just kind of popped up, and he said the first time he heard Hog Call was when he got yeah. goosebumps. And this is a kid from Atlanta. Yeah. This isn't a kid from our own backyard. It's pretty wild. I mean, Greater is a, a fantastic story. They did a good job with that movie. And I actually was scrolling through channels about a week ago. It saw it was on, and uh, I put it on there. And of course, you know, once you once you're starting to watch that, it's hard to turn it off. I love that movie, and um, I don't know. Camp Ball's a special kid. Um, I, I enjoy talking to him every time, and um, he's coming on too. I mean, he his his stats last year were pretty productive and um he got a little bit bigger this year and 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 he's doing well I, I mean i know he's one of the guys who was injured last week and i can't fathom that you know they had him on the show last night and he won't be available to play in this game so i think he's going to be ready and speaking of guys coming on nico davier had his best games in arkansas Razorback, same class same high school as andrew shambly and, and coach spoke to his praises last night and, and yesterday uh, what kind of impact do you think he could have against Alabama, especially with a versatile quarterback like Jalen Milrow? Yeah, and it looks like to me Deshaun Stewart might be available, so you're going to be deeper at DN. And, of course, John Morgan will be a, a, another week better. He didn't play last week, so the DN depth will be up. But I think Nico earned, Nico earned himself some reps the way he played last week. He had that – he blew up the little – I call him a pop pass. Kendall Brown's calling him a strike pass, but you know the ones where the receivers are in motion and they pop it right to him. Blew it up for a four-yard loss. And he had another play. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but 
Ole Miss was throwing the ball out on the edge or something, but Ulysses Bentley was there to, to block Deco, Nico, and he got blown up. I mean, it, it was a reverse pancake what Nico did to that uh, that tailback. Yeah, he, uh, he had a couple good plays in that game. Tom, we really appreciate this morning, not just sharing some, some insight on this football team, but also, again, your soft drink. We always seem to go all over the yard with you, <laughs> so we appreciate you being flexible with us, as always. No, man, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, the Coke Zero, that's that's my go-to, but can't drink them like I used to. See y'all. Good stuff, yeah, Tom. I, I always do appreciate it. And again, Tommy, I've... I will I will give you credit on this. I thought the Coke Zero being good is a myth. I appreciate when that's in press boxes and, and various other restaurants now more than I ever before because I don't feel like I'm adding a bunch of other calories or bad stuff to me. I've uh I've come like Tom. I've cut back on carbonated drinks. I, I'm not you know they're so absolutely oh. none. Sometimes you just need that that fizz. But uh, I'm like Tom. I, I went to a lot more tea than I have. Uh, carbonated do you, drinks do you do whiskey coke zero do you ever ask for a whiskey coke zero why would i ruin why would i ruin good whiskey with coke zero no it, i mean no. i go if no, I'm, I'm a drink, man i just drink it on the on ice so. if i'm gonna drink it with something i always say whiskey diet coke rather than whiskey coke because you know you're just trying to help yourself no. out as best you can if you're going to do it that way which your ways well is you got a lot too. to learn so uh, there's a lot of evidence of that each and every morning yeah. from six to nine a.m Apparently, uh, there were some good reviews. Uh, we were talking about Cam Ball a little bit. Cam made some some barbecue plates for his teammates and other people. And, uh, guys, we might need to get him linked up with Eddie Jackson based on what he plans to do with his future. He said this last night. I'm in school right now. My major is communications with a minor in food science. So I want to be a chef. I love to cook. Matter of fact, this past weekend, I was doing something where I was selling, like, barbecue plates to uh, teammates and friends. for So So I want to I wanna have my own, like, restaurant or barbecuing business. I think that he, he fit right in, guys. I wouldn't he, mind sampling some of Cam's. Did he say he was selling, he was very, selling the plates? Somebody yeah, he was selling them. Wow. He is a uh, larger-than-life personality. Big guy, big personality, a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed having both of them, or visiting with both of them last night. It was, it was, uh, it was fun for me. I well, thought they did a great job. Trust me, someone from Georgia knows about barbecue. I mean, so I'd be interested in having some Campbell barbecue because – Georgia, they use that peach wood over there. They they know what they're doing with barbecue in Georgia. I think he uh, he evidently thinks highly of his abilities, yeah. and uh, from what That's I understand, he, he can back it up. Well, I, I'd be interested in a sample. I wonder what his specialty is. I like, is. Yeah. I like he, those guys. That was the funny. To Tom's point, that was the funniest. I've listened to all of these this year. That's the the most I've laughed of any player that's been on with you, Chuck. Now Sam's always got these one liners that are funny. And here's the thing, and Coach Pittman made this point last night when they were done. Um, they're not up there just faking it and putting on a show. I mean, this is genuinely who these yeah. guys are, and that's what makes being around a team fun. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. 
Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey & Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Chuck was touching on this during the podcast or earlier this week, the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. Ty Washington, how was he so ready for this past Saturday night in Oxford? He attributed it to Tom Brady. And even just pushing through practice and play-by-play, play, having two plays, having three plays, having four plays, making them perfect and just enthusiasing the whole team as soon as you run out there every snap of the ball, that's just going to make everything perfect. When it is your time to come up, you'll be ready. If you're not doing that, when you get your opportunity, you, you won't be ready at all. I mean, this is a guy that was at any point third, fourth, or even fifth on the depth chart at tied in, and as you heard, he just got in those few plays of practice, tried to perfect as best he can. Found out last night, Chuck, after you talked with him, Guy wants to go to the FBI like his aunt, if I remember that right. Yeah, he's a smart guy. They're both very, very well-spoken guys. I mean, they had command of uh, the, the the room, I can assure you of that. Yeah, he's an impressive guy. And um, as Coach Pittman said and has said many times, it's hard when you're not playing and you go to practice every day and you're trying to perfect those three, four, or five plays. And even when you do, you don't play. That's tough. I mean, it's tough. And, you know, but as we saw with him, if you're able to do that, and most aren't. I mean, that's what makes him special is most aren't. Um, when you're able to do that and your moment comes, you have moments like he had Saturday night. And it wasn't just him making the catches when K.J. threw it to him, including a, a crucial fourth down. I was really impressed with his mobility. And you said something earlier that was spot on that he was a – I mean, he was a, a, like an okay speed-wise – wide receiver, but when you put a guy like that at tight end, it really changes the dynamic and him being about 6'3", 6'4". You put a linebacker on him, he's too slow. You put a safety or corner on him, he's too small, and he's just a tough matchup for any opposing defense. I think the most important thing with Ty Washington right now is confidence. The way he carries himself. He carried himself like a confident young man last night. I mean, and I promise you, his 24-7 life you just think about what's changed for him over the last three, four, five days. And the way he has, in my mind, just you know, watching him last night, I mean, this is a guy who's just blossoming. He was a young guy who's blossoming right before our eyes. And to me, that's always been the most fun in all of this for me, is watching these kids go through what he's going through right now. And you look at a kid like Cam Ball and the way he carries himself and the confidence that he displays, not just on the football field. I think there is a carryover, and I think it'll continue to carry over for a guy like Ty Washington. What happened Saturday night and the way he's handled it since is, in my mind, the defining moment for him so far. And it's what gives him a chance to be a contributor moving forward. Without what happened Saturday night, without what happened to Luke Has, without the way he prepared when he wasn't playing, none of that would have been an opportunity. Now it's all out there in front of him. Speaking of and speaking of confidence, the secondary played their best game of the season, according to Coach, and 
he spoke to their confidence right now. This last week, we played the most confident that we have. Now, we, we still got to get guys on the ground and tackle a little bit better. and think We've got work to do, but I, I, I felt like that group played really well. And I think some of that has to do with the versatility of guys like a Clark, like Snacks. You know, obviously, we, we got beat up last week physically. So we're not quite as what you might call non-confident in our guys because we feel a lot of confidence in them because they've been able to play and show that they can have success. And again, we learned that cross-training a little bit during that COVID year, and we continued to do that. And wouldn't you say that the Ole Miss game plan and getting ready for them is probably one of the more challenging because of all of the motions, all of the eye candy, all of the different variations of the things that Lane Kiffin liked to do? I mean... To come out of that game probably having more responsibilities and things to watch for and calls and shifts and adjustments, I I would imagine that was one of the more difficult games to get ready for, Chuck. I'm sure it was, and each game's different in its challenges, and that certainly was a a challenge in in that game. What I hear Coach Pittman saying in that soundbite is this is a head coach trying to will his team. You know, times are tough right now. And you got to hang in there, man, and it's hard. I mean, everybody's howling. Everybody's, you know, I mean, people have started the coaching search already. And, I mean, I just know how it works. We've seen it before. It is hard to keep a group together in this situation, and it can unravel very, very quickly. I hear a head coach that is letting his players know he still believes in them and that he still believes there's something to salvage this year, even if nobody in the outside world does, even if there's not a single pundit out there who believes you're going to turn this thing around. What I hear in his voice, when I hear him use that word confidence, I hear a head coach trying to will his team, will them to the finish line, try to will them to this stretch where they got four or five at home, and hope you got something left in the tank where you can take advantage of it. That's really hard to do. But that's what I hear him doing right now. Well, that's going to close it out for your hog update this morning. And it's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, so I've told you this morning we're going to get to the MLB at some point. We'll do that now. Guys, Bryce Harper mm, had himself a game last night. Harper, high fly ball, center field. He's watching. Harris turns. Harris leaps. It's gone. Harper with a rainmaker and another stare down. Seven to one Phillies. And it's turned it into the Bryce Harper game again. So that stare down was after game two where there was some leaked video of a Braves player saying, ha, 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 that a boy Harper after he got thrown out to end the game. And Bryce Harper got asked about it at the game. Hey, it was that stare down because of that. Here's what he said. Was there any motivation? I mean, anytime anybody says something, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. Did you enjoy staring him down? Yeah, I mean, I stared right at him. <laughs> Guys, Bryce Harper's good for the game of baseball. He is he is visual. He is out there. You hate him or you love him. A lot of Philly fans love him. A lot of other baseball people hate him. They don't have enough of those in the MLB. And he is a lightning rod that that game needs to have stuff happen like this. It's great. I mean, it's it, it's getting it's not probably getting the same storylines it would get just because of 
the MLB being kind of where the playoffs are at this point right now. Oh, people love a good stare down. There's no doubt about that. It's entertaining television. And uh, you're right. Harper's a polarizing figure. There's no doubt about it. He's also a very gifted player. The Phillies are on a roll right now. They're tough to beat at home. Sport doesn't have enough household names. Him, uh, Atani. I mean, there's just not enough guys that my mom knows who they are. And that's that's the problem. Baseball doesn't have enough stars right now. You need guys like him to, like you say, be provocative, do things to get out of the pile because the the sport needs household names, and they they're, they're suffering there. I believe. Yeah. I'm not a Harper guy, but that probably already tells you that he's you know he's gotten people's attention. Because I mean, we're gonna you know Ty's generation. I think loves guys like Harper. My generation generally doesn't, but I don't deny he's a great player, and I won't argue that he's good for the game. It's not my kind of deal, but I won't argue that he's good for the game. So you got the AOCS set, Astros and Rangers, first time they've ever played in the postseason, which is odd. That's going to be a good series. That's going to be be a good series. If you like baseball, it's a good series. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk, stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Yeah, a lot of has been asked of, of Coach Pittman this week about this Alabama game, and, and for good reason. One of the opening things he said in this press conference was this. Our kids are excited to go to Alabama and see what happens. And they are for a reason, because in his mind, the season's not over with. The season's halfway over. It's not all the way over. And uh, we're continuing to get better. We've got to cut down on penalties pre-snap. Well, I can live with four during the game, you know, but the pre-snap is hurting us. We're working on it all the time. But, but our team is getting better. If we'll cut that out, we'll, we'll win several games here. Chuck, you spoke to it earlier, and you just heard Coach reiterate it. It's not so much like the holding penalties or the in-game stuff. It's just this pre-snap that keeps driving him and, and fans up a wall. Well, yeah. I mean, we've certainly talked about it ad nauseum, and so has everybody else. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Pre-snap penalties yeah. are a big part of it, sure. Yeah, I mean, he talked there about the season's not over. You know, and there are people that are, Chuck, you like to use the phrase, uh, you know, you know, give the worth of the season too early. And, you know, with the exception of the BYU game, you know, there weren't a lot of people signing up that thought you were going to win every game in this long road stretch here. And it, we've talked about this. If the BYU game had come out in your favor, uh, the mood and the temperament would be a little different. I think if the team was playing better at times, but they've still been very competitive in these last three that they've uh, lost. You can make a case with the A&M game. It wasn't as competitive as the final score indicates, but um, because the record's two and four, I just think the mood's a lot different, even though the outcome of uh, compared to expectations going into the season isn't wildly different than what we've gotten right now. 
Well, I do think the BYU game is 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 the tipping point for some people. And look, I understand that. I think if you you know reverse the score in that game and you look at what's happened, particularly in the LSU and Ole Miss games, you wouldn't feel great, but you feel better than you do right now. Uh, but it didn't happen, you know. And so that's 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 where they are. Um, you know, this has been, and nobody likes to hear it. I understand that, but you know, Arkansas is going to play their uh, fifth, this is their fifth week to travel in what will be, you know, their first, what, seven or eight games. I mean, you factor in the Little Rock game where you travel, and then you factor in the four mm-hmm. games. I mean, that's a lot of times to be on the road. And mm-hmm. um, we got to get out of this situation. And I'm not saying that's the reason that their record's two and four. I'm not suggesting that. But I am saying it's been a long time since Arkansas has played a home game. It is very, very difficult to ask your head coach, whoever it is, whoever it is, to say, all right, I need you to win seven, eight, nine games, but, oh, by the way, you're going to go five weeks without playing a game on campus. And by the way, you're going to have to travel for your first game. You know, you're going to have to do that. We got to get away from that. And on top of all that, the first home game back is 11 a.m., which we know 11 a.m. game times are so much more difficult to recruit to for young high school guys that are playing till late into the night. Some points at 10 o'clock, they either get on a really late flight to Red Eye or they get up way at the crack of dawn in the morning, which is asking a lot. So you couple that, all the, everything you just mentioned, with the first home game back being as early as it is. Well, you know, one thing you got to remember, too, about these 11 o'clock games, and we, we, we've not really mentioned this all that much, there's two 11 o'clock games now. There used to just be one, and it was generally perceived to be the scrub game. You know, now you've got a game on ESPN. Generally speaking, you're going from college game day to an SEC game. You got two 11 o'clock games. You got three this it's, week. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's uh, the the days of just the one 11 or 11:30 game are over, and a lot of this is dictated by the competition between ESPN and Fox. Because Fox has their big noon kickoff, their best games at 11. And so, you know, you can't just have a scrub SEC game up there and expect to compete with them, particularly when they've got Dion. So there are more 11 o'clock games now as a result of that. And in this case, um, the 11 o'clock game, you know, in ESPN's case anyway, uh, they view that as much more of a marquee game than maybe fans have become conditioned to believe over the years. Because for years, if you played at 11, it meant you weren't any good. Yeah. Um, you know, now it means that, you know, perhaps Fox has got a game going opposite you that ESPN would like to compete with. So the dynamics changed in all these kickoff times. You mentioned Dion. Dion's going to be prime time tomorrow night, guys. 9 o'clock on ESPN, a Friday night game for the Colorado Buffaloes as they host Stanford, which, again, Friday night football in college is unique. I know the SEC has shied away from that for good reason with all the high school. Who's carrying different. the game tomorrow night? ESPN. Chuck. Are they really? Okay, 8 o'clock. So wow. They'll have a good audience. And to set that up, you got Memphis and Tulane right before. So you've got two decent Friday nights. I mean, Stanford's not any good, but the decent from the Dion perspective and Shadur the rest of the guys, and then the Memphis-Tulane game that should be an interesting one. Right. Friday nights have been beneficial to some of these conferences. You know, for example, I don't, I don't think the SEC would benefit by playing on Friday nights. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that would work in the SEC. But I think in some of these leagues it does. And, you know, in the, in the Pac-12 particularly, 
Um, I, th- I think you know. I think it works, and it's worked for Conference USA. It's worked for some of these other conferences. It didn't really work for the MAC quite as well. If you remember, well, I mean, we had MAC games on Tuesday, Wednesday nights there for a while, yeah. and it didn't really work so well for that conference. But there are some conferences that have benefited from it, and you know, Friday night football's been good for some of these leagues. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. Well, I was just going to go to Sterling and Center Ridge on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, but he just hung up. Well, so yeah, Sterling, too long. Yeah, if you uh, if you are listening, you are welcome to to jump I back like here. Sterling, he's a good caller, man. He's a he's, he's our been best caller. For, he's our best he's caller. A, I'll just say it. Oh, Chuck's picking favorites, picking favorites. All right, well, Tommy, we we we've saved this for long enough. Um, Chuck, your partner, Mister Quinn Grovey. Uh, was out on the golf course as well with us yesterday. We we got a chance, thanks to our uh, friends at the Hot Springs Village Razorback Club, to participate in their 34th annual uh, golf at Magellan Golf Course yesterday, golf club yesterday. And uh, at the tail end of our program, uh, Quinn had this to say. He was, he was having some fun with your at your expense, Chuck. Now your man yeah. Chuck's not with us today, but and I, I know you're busy in the mornings and don't get to hang on every word. But, but he is all the time talking about when y'all get together in the summer, how he just just rolls you every time y'all play golf. <laughs> oh, he's lying. That there hasn't been one. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.